everybody and welcome back to the KX podcast. My name is Jenny Taylor and I'm here today with KX director Nick Harding. So hi Nick, it is lovely to be back with you for another podcast. How are you doing? Doing really well, thanks Jenny. Um, had our COVID vaccines, which is exciting. Uh, enjoying the warmer weather and uh, nice to get out of your home today. Yeah, I think um, lots of us are still under snow, aren't we, across the country? And I have to say, I'm very glad that it's not snowing here and it is a little bit warmer. I think this time of year, you just sort of need the sunshine every so often, don't you? Just to yeah. brighten up the day, get you out of the house a little bit. Absolutely. So Nick, today we are going to be talking about raising, resourcing and releasing younger leaders. Um, as you know, it is something that's been on my heart for a while, but I'd love to know from you, why do you want to talk about this topic? Well, it's a very um, personal thing for me, Jen, just because I was invested in, believed in and given opportunities as a young adult. Uh, some of you will have heard me tell before the story of my experience with Youth with a Mission as a 19-year-old uh, in Amsterdam and Paris, and just how formational that was on my whole spiritual DNA, my passion for Jesus, my desire for God to do something amazing in my lifetime to use me. Um, and that experience, which as a side thing, really gave me my spiritual DNA around mission, discipleship, and shared life in community. Um, that experience then caused me to come back to Bristol, where I was studying as a medical student, and look for a church where I could continue to grow. Um, Jenny, who was then my girlfriend, I hoped she'd be my wife one day, but <laughs> wasn't sure at that moment in time, uh, had also done a YWAM mission. So we both came back looking for um, a church where we could continue to experience life a little bit more uh, on the edge, I suppose, rather than just turning up at a church on Sunday and going home again. And so we found this little house church on the edge of a council estate in Bristol. It was just a dozen people in a front room, Jen. Um, naturally speaking, we had very little in common with them. There, there were no other students there. I bet we walked in the front room and we just felt at home. It was an amazing experience. And that became our spiritual home for the next 18 years until we left Bristol to plant Frontline Church in Liverpool. But the, the thing's this, Jen, not only was it a great place to, to discover how you could grow, start and grow church from a very small number in a front room, because it eventually it grew to about 700 people, and I ended up pretty much full-time on the leadership team. But um, right in those early days, and this is the thing, in those very early days, as a young, as a young man, as a sort of 20, 21-year-old, 22-year-old, uh, I was being asked to come and sit in with the leaders of that mm -hmm. church. They gave me permission to come and sit in, say anything I wanted to, listen to the discussions they were having, and understand what leadership looked like. And I was always invested in, as a young adult, uh, as I got into my 30s, given more and more responsibility and opportunity to do stuff. And that was such a privilege for me. And I, I want to make sure that we as churches and as church leaders make as much room as possible for young women and men to find their place of of function, of gifting, of ministry, and of leadership in the church today. And there's one scripture, Jen, that has always kind of resonated with me from those early days. I kind of treasured it in my heart, and it's this scripture in Psalm 110, verse 3. In the NIV, it translates it this way. Your troops will be willing 
on your day of battle. In other words, they're, they're ready to sign up. Your troops are willing on the day of battle. They're, they're kind of ready to go. Arrayed in holy splendor. So they've dealt with the issues of their heart. They, they're living holy lives. Uh, they want to be used by God. And then this is the key phrase. It says, your young men and women will come to you like dew from the morning's womb. Your young men and women will come to you like dew from the morning's womb. And it's like there's this whole army of young women and men waiting to serve God. They're kind of, they're ready to be birthed from the morning's womb and come like the freshness of June. There's something wonderfully fresh and exciting about young people. They don't know you can't do it yet, you know, so they'll have a go at anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they've not got that inbred cynicism and sarcasm that many of us have, you know, picked up along the way as adults through the knocks of life. Uh, and they are, I think they're just a precious thing to the Lord. And so, you know, I want to really see them fully released into their their calling, their gifting, and their leadership. Yeah, I don't think I couldn't agree more, Nick, really. Um I think it's interesting that for you and I, whilst we're both passionate about the same thing, they're from really different perspectives. So I think for me, the reason one of the reasons that I'm passionate about investing in young people is because for me, when I was in my teens and twenties in church, nobody invested in me. And I spent a really long time being incredibly frustrated, knowing that God had called me to do something and finding no outlet to even have a go at doing it. Mm. Um, no sp and no spaces for sort of like mentorship or for other people to sort of help me to grow, to move forwards in mm. what God had for me. And I think, so for me, it's always been around recognising that there will be in all of our churches within our network, young people who have a real desire to know God more and to see his vision for them come to pass, but don't know who to go to, don't know who to talk to, don't know how they should invest, they don't know what books to read. And that actually, as a whole movement, we have this amazing opportunity, don't we, to really invest in those young people and to see that much bigger vision of restoration in the whole world take place. Um, so I think, yeah, it's interesting, isn't mm. it? We come from really different places, but God calls us all, doesn't he, to invest yeah. in those that we're raising up around us. Absolutely, Jenny. And, you know, if I can speak on behalf of an older generation of church leader, I just want to say I'm really sorry that that was your experience because, you know, corporately that's a failure on our part. And if there's anybody listening to this podcast today that feels in that same situation as yourself, Jen, then I am so sorry that you have found yourself there because God treasures you. God loves you. And he wants to fully release and harness all the gifts he has put in you. And I, and I pray that this little journey that we're on as Kairos Connection, Jen, will actually help some of this come to pass. Yeah, I hope so, too. Definitely. So, Jen, let me let me ask you, when we talk about young women and men, who are we actually talking about here? Yeah, so I think we are really talking about Generation Y, Generation Z. So we're talking about millennials and, and younger. And I think it's actually really important that we think about that quite broad spectrum of young people. Um, I love that when you work your way through the Bible, there are so many times where God uses and calls young people and even children to come and serve him. I love that, he, you know, he's not bothered about how old you are, is he? Isn't that a, like, it's brilliant. He isn't. He is looking for willing, open hearts. 
Um, so that broad range of Generation Y and Z, I think, is something that we have to be looking at. They don't need the same things, okay? And they're not necessarily even interested in the same things, but they're all people that we can help to release and help to resource along the way. And I think that they have, there are some things about those two generations that are particularly important for us to think about. One of which is that as larger group, they tend to be groups of unchurched young people. So where we have people of those generations in our churches, most of them will have friends that have never been to church, that have never been to a youth group, that haven't been to a missional community. They will, their, their peer group doesn't think about God, Jesus, sort of spirituality in the way that we do as older generations. They've not grown up like that. That's not the world that they've lived in. But I actually think that that's something really, I think it's really great because I mean, it means that they're also not holding on to like, you know, yeah. the history, the rituals of the past. They are really free to explore what it might look like to be a follower of Jesus. And I think there are some things in that group that are important for us as a movement as well. They're the people that understand technology best because for them, it's a native language. It's yeah. not like me or you. Like, I remember when the internet started, okay? Like, <laughs> like yep. yeah, you know, I remember being in school and being taught how to play this game that built a rabbit. That I honestly, it must have taken a good 45 minutes to draw an outline of a rabbit around a screen. <laughs> it was like a whole lesson. But you're like, we had to learn a new way of understanding technology, of working with it, of fitting it into our lives. But those two generations are native speakers. Yeah. That's their mother tongue. They don't find it hard at all. They find it actually, they just, they're intuitive, aren't they? And yeah. I think they have so much to teach us in that. They have so much that they could be bringing to us because we get to learn from them, don't we? Mm -hmm. And I think as well, I think particularly over the last year, if you spend any time with young people, you will see that they have a real heart for justice. But if there is a generation that God has called to bring justice back to the earth, it's probably these two generations. It's really deep in their heart, this need to see justice come to pass, to return things that were broken back to the way that they should be. And I think that so reflects the heart of God, doesn't it? For all of us, that reflects God's heart. He's all about restoration. He's all about renewal. He's all about bringing us back to him, isn't he? And I think that they have something really important to give us in that. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So I think, yeah. So for me, that's definitely what I'm thinking about when we start talking about those younger leaders. For those of you who were with us last week, you'll know that we've just done a community of practice where we talked about micro planting and releasing this movement of missional expressions of church, Nick. And I'm sure like me, you hope that that will be a real catalyst for us going forwards. Definitely. I think, you know, as a movement, we we want to keep investing in established and existing churches, helping them transition to a new way of doing mission, discipleship and shared life in community. But we want to move towards increasing fresh planting. Mm. And we've called it micro planting because we we see this as a low uh, sort of e an easy way of planting new expressions of church. It's uh, it's low weight. It's not kind of heavy to to bear. It doesn't require a huge amount of resources. And because of that, because this kind of micro planting idea is very versatile, it's flexible, it's nimble. I think it's perfect 
for younger women and men to step into the role of leading and planting these new expressions of church. You know, just teams of maybe two to six people who get a passion for a particular area or a particular issue or a particular group of people, and, and they think to themselves, you know what, would God use us to reach this place or this people or to touch the world on this particular issue? And, and I believe that we will see younger people do that. And, you know, my prayer is that we see a whole release of a generation of church planters who will think, yeah, we can do this. They gather their team, they focus on what their issue or people group or places, and they start to invest in prayer, prayer walking, looking out for the people of peace, starting to build community in that place mm. amongst that people and creating these new small communities of faith where people are coming to Jesus. I see them doing it through digital technology. I see them doing it through all sorts of innovative and entrepreneurial ways. I think for some of them, they may, they may even start social enterprises and businesses, you know, all sorts of new ways of planting these micro expressions of church, which could grow to any size ultimately, but they can start small and they can start very, very simply. And I would love to see this new generation of Gen Y, Gen Z released into this and equipped for it and supported in it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Nick. <laughs> it sounds so exciting, but I think it is really great for that particular those particular groups because that small expression of of like missional movement of missional planting doesn't have very many boundaries, does it? There's we no. haven't, you know, there aren't a lot of sets sort of like you can't do this or you can't do that. No, it's a go and try this. Mm. Why don't you try it? Why don't you just see what happens? And I think that those younger leaders that we have are for most of the time, much more willing to step out and take a yeah. risk yeah. Um, and, you know, and be okay with the fact that, yeah, okay, it might not work, but that's how we learn things, isn't it? And practically speaking, you know, they generally are more available. Yeah. They often have more time. They're not always tied up with, you know, marriages and mortgages and children and... Yeah, elderly the, parents yeah. and all, yeah, all the other things that come, yeah. So they, they are generally freer to, to have a go, which I love. I love it. Yeah, I think that is, yeah, it's really helpful, isn't it? And I think while we're talking about younger leaders, we have to recognise as well, don't we, that there is space for those of us who are older to be part of this journey. Um, I think, as you said, as I said before, sorry, that, yeah, I would have loved to have somebody invest in me when I was a young woman. Um, not that I'm old, just to be clear, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't ask that question. <laughs> But yeah, I think there is space. There is space there for us to give away what we've learned, and as a movement, that's what we do all the time, isn't it? We we talk about it, but it's part of our DNA. What we've learned, we give away to others. Absolutely. We invest what we have, you know, around us. And I think that there is space for us to do that here. To be thinking about when we look at our churches, our missional communities, you know, whatever space it is that we are in. Where are the young people there? Where are the people that we could be mentoring? Where could we be starting huddles and coaching people? Where are the young people that where you might just need to actually say to them, actually, I see this gift in you. You know, the ability to actually call that out and say, I can see that God's given you something and you could use it. Because I think we have to recognize that there are lots of young people who probably don't know what gifts they have. Because, yeah. you know, it takes us a while, doesn't it, as we grow to figure out what it is god has given us and how we could use that and i think there's a really great space for us to be able to encourage young people mm. and to give opportunities along the way yeah really good i think that's great and i think to to figure out how we can fully support and resource younger people is a real responsibility for us mm. 
and, uh, and as part of this exploration that we're going on with Kairos Connection. So Jen, what, what practically are we actually doing to try and help figure all this stuff out? Yeah, so we have, we're in the very beginnings of starting a consultation with young men and women from all over the KX network. So that's basically, if you know a young man or a young woman that's in your church, they're definitely very welcome. And I think our um, idea behind that has been that, you know, I think lots of times because we are older and many of us have got tons of experience, we often think that we know what younger leaders need. But it's really, I think it's very important that we recognise that, of course, they really have quite strong opinions about what they need <laughs> and that it's important that we listen. And so that's really where we're going first, is that we want to be a space where we listen to them, where we hear what they've got to say, where they can tell us what's working for them and what's not, where they can help us to find those blind spots and say, well, you know, maybe we're really good at like being youth work in churches, but perhaps when people leave school, they feel like they're not they find it quite hard to connect after that. Maybe it's about investing in that space between, you know, 18 and 25, where some are at university, some people are at work, and they find it much harder to connect with churches, with communities during those times. But we actually don't know. We don't know what they need. So we want to start by listening. And the idea is that once we've listened to those young people, we'll actually be able to put together probably not so much a strategy as a collection of options that we can share across the whole network and say, here are things that will help you invest and resource your young people. You know, it's going to include some of the things we've always had, like form. We love form. It's an amazing internship year. You know, we, it's, yeah, KX yeah. and form. We're, we're, you know, that's part of, part of who we are, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and we want young people to know about it. But we also know, having spoken to some young people actually in our network, that they didn't even know it existed. So that we've obviously got gaps to plug. So that the consultation is really about listening to them and then figuring out what are the resources we need in order to plug some of those gaps so that young people have access to the resources that we have, that we can align them with people who can help them along the way. So we are thinking about, as well as things like form, things like Creo. Um, so as KX, we're exploring what it looks like for us to work with Creo in order to help Christian entrepreneurs to take whatever business idea, venture that they have about changing the world and embedding the DNA of KX in that, that DNA around mission, discipleship, community and leadership. We want to connect our young people with that. We don't want them to be excluded from it because... Because why? Why would we? We know that they have great ideas. But if we've got young people who, want, who are entrepreneurs, who have amazing ideas, wouldn't we want to help them invest that in the kingdom of God? Because at the end of the day, if we're looking to be, if we're thinking about investment, when you invest in the kingdom, your investment will never fail, will it? I, I love the idea that some of those entrepreneurial activities could also be the beginnings of a, a micro plant. Yeah, why not? Uh, building <laughs> building community around a social enterprise. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a great idea, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think Creo have the expertise to do that, don't they? So instead of some of us as perhaps church leaders, missional leaders, thinking, okay, I've got this young person, they've got this amazing idea, but actually I don't know anything about business and I don't know how to help them. We get to connect all those different pieces together. And yeah, I think, you know, when we're thinking about 
huddles, when we're thinking about whatever sort of opportunities we have for planting, we want to connect those with our young people. So whatever we do around that consultation will definitely be about helping them to be resourced well and invested in. So we, we're actually thinking, Jen, aren't we, that we want to create a process by which young leaders, young women and men who want to plant something could actually get involved in this process mm -hmm. and be supported through that process as part of their planting experience. Yeah, definitely. A kind of learning community type of experience that would involve, you know, huddling, coaching, etc. Uh, and so we're also keen to hear from people who are thinking along those lines as well. Definitely. So that we can plug them in. Yeah, we want to, yeah, definitely want to plug them in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Nick, I think it's been a, it's a long journey, isn't it, for all of us? Um, this journey of mission and discipleship, I love that all the way along, we keep learning, we keep having new, you know, we get new ideas, we get new innovations. And I really think that the young, the young people that we bring along with us are going to be really pivotal to helping us move forwards. Mm. So Nick, what would you have to say to younger leaders that are out there that are hopefully listening to our podcast? Absolutely. Thank you, Jen. Um, I think, I suppose my final encouragements to any younger leaders who are out there thinking, wow, this sounds great, I'd love to get involved, then maybe the first thing to do is to, is just, well, first of all, get, get involved in the consultation. Yes. Get hold of Jenny Taylor at the KX office and say, count me in, I'm happy to help you shape what KX is offering to younger leaders might look like, and then we can, we can include you. I think secondly, I would say, you know, as if you're thinking about planting something new, then start to start to think about who your team might be. You need a, one or two extra people. You can't really do it alone. Jesus never sent people out by themselves. It was always in twos. Um, and that's always been the pattern for, for planting that you know, we go as team. So maybe thinking about who your team might be, maybe thinking about who is God calling me to? You know, we sometimes summarize this with two questions. You know, with whom am I sent? And to whom am I sent? So trying to start to discern that sense of calling. You may not have anything very clear at the moment, but as you pray about it and ask God, I think he'll probably begin to show you. Um, and if he does, then you can start to prayer, invest in those people or places. I think the other things I'd want to say is, you know, as you're developing this sense of calling and figuring out, you know, what God's wanting from you and how he wants to use your life, then find a mentor or a coaching group, a huddle. So I know from an early age, I had amazing men invest in my life from a very young age, from my early 20s. I think right through now into my mid-60s, I still have people I consider mentors in my life, and I would never want to be without one. But a coaching group, huddle is an amazing opportunity too to be developed, find an appropriate huddle to be part of, ask your church leader, and if, if, if they can't help you, then come and talk to us, see what we can do to help. I'd also say be prepared for the long haul, okay? I think there's a temptation to want everything instantly, mm. and anything of the kingdom of God generally grows slowly. In fact, the things that do grow quickly, they're often an overnight sensation, and then they'll disappear because they don't have foundations. They don't have deep roots. And those ideas are very biblical, having roots, having foundations. So this is something we're in for the long haul. So let's be prepared for a long-term commitment to this sense of calling that God's placed on our lives. And just as you said earlier, be ready to fail. You know, there's, there's no disgrace or shame in failing. We try something out and it doesn't work out. That's not a failure. It's a learning experience. Okay, so 
in, sen in some senses, we tend to learn more from our failures than our successes. So don't be afraid of them. Just make sure we learn from them, pick ourselves up, listen to the Holy Spirit again, and move on. Uh, I guess the final thing I'd want to say is make sure you have fun in the process. <laughs> you know, I often say to people, if you're not having fun, you're probably doing something wrong. Um, you know, either there's internal pressures in you that you're trying to live up to others' expectations or insecurities you're trying to mask or approval you're trying to seek, you know, all that sort of internal mm -hmm. stuff. Um, you know, there's either that going on or you're just too busy, too hectic and not having a, a balanced life. But make sure there's room for fun and laughter and community and extended family in the midst of all of this. I think those, are, those would be my thoughts, Jen. But what about you? Do you have any kind of final words for this this podcast yeah i think you've spoken to younger leaders so i think i would probably want to speak to those of us who are a little older <laughs> okay um, and it would just be to to have that time to sit and think back when somebody invested in you and what that was like and remember that there was a time when somebody gave you an opportunity there was a time when somebody chose to give up their time, their resource, their knowledge and invest in you. And being invested in is definitely a privilege, but it's a privilege on both sides. We get just as much from investing in others as the person we're investing in. We get to build friendships, we get to build relationships. We get to be the proud parent that like sends this young leader out into the world. And I think that our heart for them is always that they would go further than us yeah. so i think my yeah my final thoughts would be who could you give wings to who could you invest in and teach them how to fly so that they could soar so that they could go so much further than you did so that you could see the kingdom of god expand through others that you invest in um and i think as leaders whatever type of leader it is that you are we should have young people that we are investing in, that we are discipling, who we are giving our time to. And that's because we're a people that believe in not just investment, but we believe in imitation, don't we? Mm. <laughs> we do. It's part of our DNA. So if nobody can see our lives and they can't learn from us, can they? Yeah. And what a waste that would be. So I think, yeah, my thing would be, who could you invest in? Who can you give some time to? And fair enough. Maybe you can't give time to a whole group of people. That's okay. But actually, if you think about the number of people in KX, last week we were at the COP, we had like 170 people or something on screen at once. Probably more than that, actually. 192. There we go, 192 people. Imagine if every single one of us invested in one other person. Imagine what we could do if we all chose to invest in the next generation. I think that there is something in that for us to take hold of, to maybe take away, pray about, seek God's face. Who's he calling you to invest in? So, yeah, as always, I'm leaving with a challenge because, yeah. <laughs> the invitation to invest. There we go. <laughs> Brilliant. I love that, Jen. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being with us today. Um, and we will be back soon with another podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. God. God bless. Bye-bye.